You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition, which means Matt and I will be making our picks for all of Sunday's games. We're going to review what we saw on Thursday Night Football as well, the Seahawks beating the Cardinals. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, Matt Williamson, a must-follow at Williamson in FL. For the time being, Matt, we now have a sole leader in the NFC West again. We'll see what happens Monday Night Football with the Rams and the Buccaneers. Talk more about that game Monday. Seahawks beating the Cardinals at home 28-21. Cards now 6-4. and four. The Seahawks 7-3. and three. What were your takeaways from this game on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, first of all, from a Cardinals perspective, I don't ding them at all for this. I don't drop them in my power ranks or anything along those lines. You know, you just came off in a crazy emotional win, super short week on the road against a high-quality opponent that absolutely needed this game that's proven time and time again. Um, So not a bad loss at all, in my opinion. I thought Kyler Murray, he'll say he didn't, but fought through a shoulder issue for much of the day. Um, But I also thought Seattle's D played better. And it wasn't like just because Kyler was hurt. I mean... Dunlap had two sacks. He's a welcome addition. They're healthier. Jamal Adams is out there. They contained Kyler as a runner. So I thought that the defense showed some promise. And it also helped that they weren't on the field forever, too. Like, they finally had some kind of a running game. You know, Carlos Hyde isn't a great player, but he's a quality NFL back. And having him back there, I thought, was useful, helpful. Just made Wilson's life a little easier as opposed to Hey, Russ, go beat a high-quality opponent with no running game and no defense. Carlos Hyde was running a little quicker than I remember. Yeah. I, I don't remember. There was a little something extra there. Maybe it was just motivation, and, and, and maybe Pete Carroll just had his team ready to go, but I felt like he was a little quicker finding the hole, hitting it, than uh, I've seen him in recent years or really ever in his career because that's never been his calling card as a running back. 14 carries for 79 yards. He had the touchdown. Russell Wilson carried it 10 times, and it was definitely a situation with Russell Wilson. who's was like, we're not going to lose this game. The efficiency, 23 yeah. of 28. I think he had, what, one incompletion in the first half or something crazy like that. So, um, it, th- so the game went kind of like I thought. You know, the letdown short week for the Cardinals, who had a crazy win last second win last week and the Seahawks team that was going to be prepared and ready to play and they weren't going to drop three in a row. And so that all was as expected for me. And that's how we picked him yesterday. But my takeaways here was the, the, the chippiness in this game and the competitiveness. And it got me really fired up for the rest of the season and how this thing finishes off, because that is going to be a heavyweight battle at the top of the NFC West going uh, the rest of the season. And, and I, some, you know, as long as nothing crazy happens, I kind of like that when teams get a little bit um, angry at each other and start, uh, start pushing and shoving a little bit. And there was some from DeAndre yeah. Hopkins with uh, the, and I thought was a cheap shot by, by Diggs, and, and I thought that was warranted. And I, it was one of those situations where he was like, see me after the game kind of thing. And I was wondering if there might be more in the locker room later because he, he, Hopkins wanted to throw hands and then on the other side it was Dre Kirkpatrick right after that from the Cardinals defense and I don't know if that just like 
stepped up everybody's intensity, but he tried to pick on DK Metcalf, which I think is probably not the smartest move for <laughs> for another human being to to pick out that guy. But he was trying to let him know he wasn't intimidated by his size and speed. But what's funny is that Drake Kirkpatrick was the defensive back on the Cardinals roster that Russell Wilson and the Seattle receivers were picking on. They were going at him all day, and it's never a good sign when you're a cornerback and you're at the top of your team in tackles at the end of the game. No, a lot, a lot of good stuff there you said there, and I agree with all of it. And that division is going to be a blast. I'm not going to quite count out your Niners yet, but you also got Rams-Bucks on Monday night, another awesome primetime game, NFC West coming up. Uh, was very physical. Um, I, I really think that the Cardinals are starting to assert themselves of, hey, we, we really plan on taking this division over for the long haul. But there are also a lot of penalties. I mean, the chippiness aside, both teams racked up a lot of penalties, uh, false starts, things like that, to Arizona in, in particular, which, you know, the more you think about it, it happens more on Thursday than ever. Um, and one other note I just wanted to make, too, and I didn't rewatch the game. I mean, I casually watched it, you know, as everyone else did. But it looked like Isaiah Simmons was starting to yes. show up more and more, which I'd love to see. Yes, that was going to be my last note on this game was Isaiah mm. Simmons showing up a lot. And he was the only player on the Cardinals that had more tackles than Dre Kirkpatrick. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, nine solo tackles. He had a sack. He had a couple tackles for loss. Quarterback hit. He was, I don't know. And, and again, I, I think it's a. It's a good point that you make. I haven't watched the game back again. I just watched the the normal TV broadcast. So was he just around the ball? Was it a situation where things just happened to go his way? Was he playing more instinctively? So those are one, some of the things to look at. But he couldn't even get on the field early in the season. Now he's leading right. his team in tackles. That's got to be a great sign. And he was involved a lot, and he was flying around. And you could tell, I think, he was just focused and he was confident and and you know and he was screaming after the plays like yes I just made a tackle for loss I'm here I'm in the league now I can play now earlier on in the season second guessing not getting a lot of playing time so it's got to be a fantastic sign for the Cardinals D yeah I would imagine and again if you watch a coach's tape he may have misread five plays that I didn't notice you know I mean things like that but obviously his athleticism speed length shows up in a big way he's closing he's confident that's great and one of the, the, the issues with him is really his strength. You know, when you come into the league and you can do all these different things, well, week one in your rookie season, you're not going to play slot corner, deep safety, strong safety, outside <laughs> backer, Mike backer. Like, that, that takes a little time to develop those things. And maybe you just put one thing on the rookie's plate and say, do this. Right, and you come into the league and they're like, okay, well, we're just going to run right at you. So I don't care what your 40 time is, and let's see if you right, can handle right, that. Right, so right. yeah, it's, it's definitely a learning curve, and we're seeing that with uh, numerous players around the league, including Isaiah Simmons. All right, let's make our picks for Sunday, Matt. Take a look at Week 11. This football season, yes, it has been extremely different. We all know that, and there's different ways to enjoy game day, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. You always need a refreshing beverage, depending on how your season has gone, how your Sunday is going with your team. Maybe you could even add a little something, if you know what I mean, to that Pepsi to, to help it go even better. But you need refreshment, and especially for me, I'm watching football all day long. You've got to stay refreshed in a number of different ways. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I'm going to get this started and this game is perfect 
place to start for us here because the big news now is that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback, according to Adam Schefter, for the New Orleans Saints Sunday. They are hosting the Atlanta Falcons, and that line has moved to the point where the Saints are only favored by three and a half points. Uh, Yesterday, our guy Chris Raybon got the Falcons at plus five and our rules here on the show is we're allowed to take that plus five and I and I feel like it's cheating but I, I want that Falcons plus five right now with the knowledge that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback if he's actually going to be the starting quarterback could Sean Payton be playing some games with the Falcons here I'm guessing there's some games being played but I'm guessing Hill takes the first snap and what percentage are you going to say he'll takes the first? How many snaps percentage wise do you think he the, takes? 15? The last report I saw from Schefter was that uh, I think it was Diana Rossini. He he retweeted her that she said it's not going to be an in and out situation. That it's it's Taysom okay. Hill and and uh, the plan is that James Winston is going to be on the sideline all game holding the clipboard. So that's interesting, and that's okay. that, I, I, I hope to see that. I really want to see that. But and if that's the case, then Taysom Hill will probably attempt more passes in this one game than he has in his entire career. Yeah, he absolutely will. I it makes me want to bet the Falcons even more. I mean, I'm not a believer in this Taysom Hill's uh, a big time quarterback theory. Maybe I'll change my tune after seeing a whole game of it. So I'm with you. I want to see it, but I want to see Jameis too. I always kind of defend him. Um, I'd love to see him for three games as a starting quarterback. But anyway, that's and, not up to me. <laughs> right. uh, I'll, I'll take the points. I think Atlanta could win this game outright. How bad is this for Jameis Winston's free agency? And is this a, another, and this is another conspiracy theory thrown out there by some fans, is that they're screwing with the Falcons. They know they get to play him again very soon. So maybe they're trying to switch up quarterbacks on him and make preparation that much more difficult for Atlanta. But also, some people are saying that, oh, this is beautiful from Sean Payton, he gets to evaluate Hill. He can go to Winston anytime he wants, but it's also keeping Winston's dollar amount in free agency yep. lower, so it's easier for him to bring back. But it's like, well, if you want to bring back a quarterback, you at least want him to start for you now, right? So I, I don't know what to think about this. I was surprised because we had talked about it last week, and and just seeing them both play against the 49ers, and I watched that game a couple of times, and, and how long it takes Hill to go through the progressions, and maybe – the fact that he hasn't been in the quarterback room solely solely most weeks gives him an opportunity now to be the quarterback, be in the quarterback room, do quarterback reps and practice, and that'll help him out. But I didn't see an NFL starting quarterback when I watched Hill in that game, even when he was behind center, just taking a little bit too long to go through his progressions. And Winston's just a better thrower, although Winston did try to throw the ball to the other team. So maybe that's a factor as well. Yeah, and I actually thought of that conspiracy theory while we were sitting here chatting. And then I thought, well, if you were if you felt like you knew Winston so well that you can get him cheap next year to be your starter, wouldn't you start him? Right, <laughs> you know, against yeah. the vision, right? You know what I mean? Maybe it's an evaluation thing. He wants to cross Hill off because he's his first choice and make sure of that before he goes back to Winston full time because that'll be a switch that'll that'll be permanent if that does happen. So maybe that's what he wants to see and he wants to know with Hill. So we'll find out. I don't know. And the Falcons defense is is a a defense that you want to play against. So maybe that's the thought process and there's still evaluation on game day to go, but I mean, if you have to believe Peyton cuz he said it all along that Hill's the guy and I did not believe him and I still kind of don't believe him. We'll see if it's shared 50-50 with Winston and Hill and see what that looks like. But uh, if we're taking Peyton as his word, this is what he said he would do, and this is what he's doing. 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, there definitely could be some gamesmanship here. Any all that aside, I still think I like Atlanta plus the points. I think they're playing quite well. I'm a Matt Ryan believer. I'm also a Saints defense believer. But the, the Falcons, these starting to play a little bit better too. I think they'll keep it close coming off a bye. Here's what's crazy. Rid- is Ridley I still – sorry, go ahead. I say Ridley should be back. Oh, Ridley be back, which is huge for Atlanta. Here's one of the things about the Saints, though, is the plus five I love for the Falcons, especially knowing that Taysom Hill is going to start at quarterback because I'm not a believer, and a lot of people aren't. And I, that's why the line is starting to move. But the, the Saints are still the more talented team, top to bottom. Yeah. And if Hill does play well and they utilize his athleticism and, and there's a potential for that to go extremely well also for the Saints. And if it does and this line keeps moving, I might take the Falcons at five, but also take the Saints if it drops under a field goal, which is the the way it's trending right now. Yeah, slick. Yeah. I could certainly see that. Like if it's two and a half game, I might be persuaded to take the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, who you got, Matt, for your first pick in our week 11 Sunday six pack? Oh, I did. Got to use the sounder here. So it's official. All right. There we go. <laughs> nice. Um, real quick, I feel like I'm not quite playing with a full deck because there's a lot of COVID concerns, and yes. I'm not sure every every game is in front of me or on the board. But So I'm not having as many in front of me as I usually do to pick from. But my favorite one without question was one that Chris mentioned yesterday, and I tried to contain my enthusiasm, and that's Eagles plus three and a half against the Brownies. And I don't know who's going to win, but I bet it's awfully close. And kind of like we talked about yesterday, I just think that Eagles D line is not what the Browns want to see because they stop the run. It's a good defense. They can rush the quarterback with only bringing four. Um, Jack Conklin's on the COVID list too. I'm not sure what his situation is. And I say this all the time with the Browns. They know who we are. We know who they are. If they can run on you with consistency and stay out of third and long, they're going to be really hard to beat. But I don't think that that'll be easy pickings for them against the Eagles. Looking at the Action Network, actually, there's still some games that are turned off at some sports books, but uh, they list multiple books here. So we can find some numbers if there's any games you're wondering okay. about. Okay, okay, um, okay, good. But yeah, three and a half for the Eagles. And I, I'm with you taking, oh, you know, actually, I'm not with you. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Browns in this one just because... The Eagles have burned me so many times this year, and at some point, like me they too. are who yeah. they are, and playing with some bad weather against the Browns, I think they could run the football, as you mentioned. Uh, I'll take the Browns in this one. I don't like giving up over a field goal with it. I don't feel super confident, but I just feel like they're the better team, and they're playing better, even though I'm not fully believing on on what their record is right now. But the Eagles are just garbage, and in the NFC East right now, I'm just I'm I'm tired of like trying to even be coy about it. I just I'm going anti NFC East. I'll take the Browns. You know what? I bet there was like 25% of our listeners that whenever I picked that game said, come on, Williamson, would you give up on Wentz already? My God. This is and actually the I, perfect I, Williamson I, game because you crap all over the Browns. Everyone thinks that you hate the Browns right. and you love Carson Wentz and the Eagles. So this is the most obvious pick. Everybody knew you were going here. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Uh, let's see. The The Raiders up, game. Right? Yeah. I'm a, the Raiders game is an interesting one because... Their entire defense was in the protocol, right? But I, I think yeah, I can't find that one where I'm looking. I think for Sunday night, I'm seeing Kansas City favored by eight points here, but they can't have a game unless everyone gets cleared. But at this point, it's close contact. I don't think there's positive tests. So before there'll be plenty of time and, and it might actually be later Friday uh, as we're recording this uh, West Coast time Friday morning, we might get com- confirmation that, that a lot of those players are off of the COVID list completely and everything's fine there right now it's looking like the chiefs minus eight points i'm not going to touch that game but i just 
wanted to mention it for now that that's where we're at with that game uh, right now. So there is at least a number there. Um, I'm going to go to, with my next pick, the Packers. And this is a surprising one to me. And uh, the Packers are underdogs on the road at the Colts. The The Colts are favored by one and a half points right now. And this is this one... This one perks up my ears specifically by something that Chris said last week, or maybe it was the week before, that betters are really hitting the Colts hard this year. And that's why this line, I think, maybe looks so off. I'm surprised by this, and I'm not worried about the Packers going on the road. Uh, I don't think the Packers should be underdogs to most teams in the NFL, despite some troubles they have had on defense. And the Colts right now are a good team, but they're not a team where uh, I'm confident they're just going to hold serve against any team in the NFL, even being at home. And I'm not even really factoring at home. So if I'm getting points with the Packers at the Colts, I'm going to take it. So Packers plus one and a half at Indy. Yeah, I have that one on my list as well. Two simple reasons. I think they're the better football team. They have the much better quarterback. Devontae Adams, though, status is not looking so great. Uh, So I would change my tune if he's out. And just a little nugget, again, I apologize for bringing it back to the Steelers, but the Steelers are playing the Jags this week, who played Green Bay last week. And the the Steelers beat reporters did an interview with Doug Marone, the the Jags head coach. And he said something along the lines of, yeah, we played a physical game last week, but boy, the Steelers are a way more physical team than Green Bay. Like, and I took that as, yeah, I know the Steelers are a physical team, but Green Bay soft. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. And, and this head coach from the Jags basically said that in a roundabout way. I thought that for a while. Their defense is not a physical nail eating type of group. And if the Colts can run on him and win this game in the trenches and not ask Rivers to do too much, especially without Devontae Adams. At home, I like their chances, but I'm still taking Green Bay. Better team, better quarterback. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and maybe that's what this Packers team is going to be susceptible to, is a team that is physical yeah. and plays a very old-school brand of ball and keeps the ball away from them like the Colts, and they could absolutely do that. And the Colts' defense is for real, so that's going to be fun when Rodgers and the Packers' offense has the ball against that Colts' defense. I can't wait to watch that one. And yeah, the, it's a good point. The Packers are playing basketball on grass right now with, with the way their 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 team is running, the way their offense and defense are both playing. So that is a good point. And and there is a reason the Colts are favored, I think, but I still think it's a little bit too much. At worst, it should be a pick em at, or maybe the Packers favored by a point or two, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's why me too. Like when I saw that line for the first time, it stood out to me going, is that right? I thought the Packers would be minus one and a half. Right, so, exactly. You know, that was just, it just jumped off the page. So the same thing just happened to me, though, because I'm sitting here looking at these lines and KC Raiders wasn't listed. And you mentioned it before we talked about that last game. And I thought for sure it was going to come out of your mouth. KC's favored by 12 and a half. So when you said eight, I'll take the Chiefs. And again, three very simple reasons. Andy Reid off a bye. Andy Reid versus AFC West. And the Raiders were doing victory laps last time, beating the Chiefs. I think they're going to put 50 on Vegas. Chiefs bounce back against the Raiders. Uh, The Raiders dealing with, even if everyone comes back and and is off the COVID protocol, they missed some practice time this week, too. So it has to factor in there and hurt them. And maybe they will still miss some players, potentially, in this game. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a little bit surprised that the line hasn't grown in the other direction. And actually it started, it opened at nine and a half and it's gone to eight. So money's coming in on the Raiders side. Hmm, interesting. 
And I respect the Raiders. I know Raiders fans aren't happy with me because I can't quite put them in the upper tier. But I think their defense against Mahomes and company off a of bye is bad, bad recipe. That's a tough one. That, that is a tough one. And uh, I'm, I'm, it's just really hard because the, the lines have been so big for the Chiefs. I don't really I haven't really bet any Chiefs game this year. Uh, the smart money was on the Raiders last time they played, obviously. Is that where the money's going to go this time? And it looks like that's where the money is going. But it's hard for me because they're too good. The Chiefs are too good, and they still haven't really pounded on the accelerator yet either, which is scary, which is why they're at the top of your power rankings, which is why you said your money would be on Patrick Mahomes in the end winning that MVP race because, yeah. um, you know, just you know, it's like a, it's a, uh, Usain Bolt, right? When he runs track, it's like the 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 race is close halfway through, and then he opens up that stride at the end. And you're like, wow, he's ahead by ten yards over the next closest guy. And, and I <laughs> right. feel like that's, that's why he was favored from the beginning, right? right. Yeah. And so okay. I feel like that's what the Chiefs why did. Why we forget that? Yeah. All right, my last pick here is going to be the Miami Dolphins. Nice. I love what's going on with the Dolphins. They're favored, but they're only favored by three and a half in Denver, going from. Miami to Denver, is that going to hurt them? That could be one of the what better just travel home field advantages right now going to that altitude. But, man, watching Drew Locke, the way he's playing, watching what the Dolphins are doing on defense, I think that's going to be trouble for Locke. And the more I watch Locke, the more I am not a believer in what's going on with him. And um, the more I watch the Dolphins, the more I am a believer in what the Dolphins are doing right now. So, um, And I went away from the Dolphins last week, even though we had talked about it. I was like, I, I want to go Dolphins, but I couldn't do it. This week, I'm going back to uh, Miami. They're favored by three and a half, but I'm going to give up those three and a half points in Denver. I like it, too. That was one that is not in front of me, I assume, because Locke is questionable. It really doesn't matter to me who Denver's quarterback is in this game because I think that Miami defense will scheme the heck out of them, that they will be confused. They will be um, under a lot of pressure. I'm expecting multiple Denver turnovers. I don't love a young team going to mile high basically for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a learning experience and don't want to forget about the altitude and that advantage. But man, I give a major, major coaching edge to the Dolphins. That is five picks so far. Last one, Matt, who you got in our week 11 Sunday six pack? I'm torn between two. So I'm going to take the one that, you know, ruffles a little more, causes a little more waves. I'm taking Dallas plus seven. That's what I'm looking at, at least right now. Yeah, and Dallas plus seven. That's what uh, Chris had yesterday, plus seven. Okay, okay. Um, I like the Vikes, and but I think Dallas's defense won't be an utter sieve against Cook, and that's the whole key. Can you keep Cook under one and a quarter? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm thinking seven points for a team that looked pretty darn good against the Steelers two weeks ago. Coming off a bye, you give Andy Dalton two weeks as a starter, acclimating back in. Some people get hurt, you know, get get healthy. I just think that a Dallas offense with Zeke Dalton, those three receivers should be good. Not even, I mean, don't be horrible, don't be below average. I mean, like pretty decent. And I don't have a lot of respect for the Vikes D. So I think Dalton and company put points up. And if you're going to give me seven, I'll take it. Yeah, there's it's so many points, too. I still can't go that far. Um, I, and yeah. this is a really close one for me. I think the line's actually in a pretty good place. Um, I, I'm with you with when you when you look at how many points they're getting, plus seven against the Vikings team that I, that still is like, come on, are, are, how good are they? But the way the Vikings have played recently would make me lean a little bit toward the Vikings. And 
Uh, I think that offense could really rip apart the Cowboys' defense, so it could be high-scoring enough of a game for them to get to that seven points. And by the way, Justin Jefferson, who's having such an absurd rookie season right now, that should only continue in this game. And we might be uh, giving him the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year non-quarterback edition award. If it wasn't for Burrow and Herbert, it would be his award to lose, I think. He's leading not only rookies, the NFL in yards per route run as a wide receiver. And I don't see why that would even uh, take a dip here in Week 11. You know, I'm a big yard per play guy. The Vikes are number one offense in yards per play. Pretty crazy. And they don't throw very much. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. And a lot of it's Jefferson with big plays. Yeah. Big plays, a big play running game too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With Dalvin Cook. So yeah, I'm actually convincing myself to go uh, give up those points for the Vikings. I I couldn't bet on it, but uh, I'll, I'll just lean in that direction just for fun. All right. All right. right. We've got the rest of week 11 coming up. We'll preview all the games right here. Peacock and Williamson. I have a feeling, Matt, that this game is not going to show up much on any of the TVs in the Peacock household. This is the Bengals (laughs) at Washington. Washington at home here, favored by one and a half. So I'll take Cincy because I like them better as a team. Although Washington on paper, I understand why they're favored and they have a a better defense. And Alex Smith is proving to be, you know, a capable NFL player coming off that gnarly leg injury. You you, you know, nobody was sure what we were going to see, but he seems like the old Alex Smith is back. Yeah, this was my last one that I was torn between when I, I chose Dallas over it. And I, I'm going to take the Bengals, too. But frankly, if Washington were getting one, I think I'd take Washington. I mean, I think they're Definitely. just very even teams. Um, I think since he's the slightly better team, I like their weapons a little bit better. They've played non-really good teams very strong this year. But I mean, they've gotten beat bad by teams like Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But, I mean, they got outclassed by those ones, just out-talented. But teams that are on their level, they play very tight or actually get wins against or ties. Uh, I think they can do that against Washington. Washington's D-line scares the heck out of me. But since they, since he's getting a couple guys back on the offensive front, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. If they can protect Burrow, then it's definitely game over, I think. And, and it'll go the Bengals' way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Pick them. Whoever's getting points here is the one I was taking. And so that's yeah, yeah. Cincy. Let's move on to Carolina, where the Lions at four and five are visiting the three and seven Carolina Panthers. I don't have a great feel for this. I don't have a great feel for these teams. They're both a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I think Galladay's going to be back. I really like where Swift is at, but he's fighting some kind of injury. I, Stafford's got this hand problem. This game's not on my board, so there's a lot of you know, extenuating factors at the moment about this game. Is McCaffrey going to play? I don't I don't think he is. Uh, McCaffrey is officially out. Yes. Okay. Uh, Matt okay. Rule did. Matt Rule so, ruled McCaffrey out with the shoulder, said maybe next week he'll be able to return. Bridgewater is questionable, unlikely to start, according to a source that told uh, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. So questionable, but leaning towards the the unlikely side there with Bridgewater and his knee, which would mean uh, P.J. Walker is going to get the start there at quarterback for the Panthers. It, it, let's say that that's the way it happens, and it is Walker at quarterback and not Bridgewater. Then how do you feel about this line at, uh, and actually that line, yeah, you're right. That line is off in some places. Let me double check where it would be. Or where it yeah. was. I think they're waiting well, you for are, don't, don't sleep on PJ Walker, folks. He's an interesting guy. I mean, he's he's not a has no chance to succeed type of quarterback. He's uh, very successful with Matt Rule at Temple and then in the XFL. Um, he's got a chance. I, I again, I, I have a hard time analyzing this game, not knowing who's going to play. 
So I'll take the points. <laughs> whatever whatever the spread is, I'll take the dog. Lions favored by two and a half. So if that and it's sort of okay. half of the half of the books still have the game on, half of them have it turned off right now. It started at Panthers favored by one. Now it's flipped to the Lions favored by two and a half. So PJ Walker starts. You're gonna take those two and a half points for the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I, I like their offense. I like their coaching staff. Sure, I'll, I'll take the points. I'm with you. Let's go. The unknown. I don't, they, don't feel super strong about that one. Yeah, I, I don't either. But the unknown Lions don't have time to prepare for PJ Walker. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. And okay. I think I think I'm in. Not and this isn't to badmouth Bridgewater at all, but I think the reason the Panthers have done better than expected for most of this season isn't necessarily quarterback driven Bridgewater driven thing although he's you know played well within the scheme I think it's yeah. a Matt Rule driven thing and just an overall philosophy and, and the direction that they're going like essentially they're a year behind where Miami is right now in my opinion with getting the coaching staff right so I think that would even lean toward getting a nice little deal here if you're betting on the Panthers getting points now when they were favored originally right I agree with that I mean uh, most quarterbacks are a piece of the puzzle and Bridgewater absolutely is. He has played well, but I trust him to still keep the, the train rolling you know, down the tracks, even if he's not there. The Jaguars are at home at one and eight. They have the unbeaten Pittsburgh Steelers visiting Steelers favored by 10 and a half year, man. I'm going to lay the points. It's a, it's a very good number. It, I won't bet on this game. Um, I think the Steelers are not going to have that quote let down game. I think they already did in Dallas just two weeks ago. Uh, I think they'll blow the doors off this team. The more research I do on the Jags, the less I'm impressed with them. Um, you know, here's a small little stat: like the the Steelers' defense lead the league in sacks plus turnovers per game. Well, the Jags are last. You know, like Eesh. it's just a lot of that kind of stuff in this game. The, the line is moving. Yesterday it was plus nine that the Jaguars were getting, and now it's ten and a half. So uh, people thought, yeah, that, that line's not big enough money coming in on the Steelers, to your point there. Ten and a half? I'll, I'll say that, no, you know, I can't. I'll, I'll go Steelers, too. I was going to say, I'll, I think the, it's just so hard to be like, oh, I think they can keep it within ten. It's, I don't know. Uh, the, yeah. the Jaguars are one of the worst teams in the NFL, and this could absolutely be a blowout, and they could keep it close, but not enough to me, for me to say, you know what, I would put money on the Jaguars keeping it within a couple scores. I'd feel a lot better if it was nine and a half, though, with my Steeler pick. Like, this could be a 10-point yes. game and right. never be close. Right. No, it, it absolutely could, which is, yeah, nine and ten and a half is, is pretty big in, in betting circles. Absolutely. Get one of those late Blake Bortles-like touchdowns to get the cover. <laughs> Titans at Ravens. This is the matchup that will be on the Peacock household TV more so than that uh, Bengals-Washington game. And Baltimore right now favored by five and a half at home over the Titans just seems too big for me. Um, they were just run on like crazy by the Patriots. And I think the Titans are well equipped to do the same. Uh, they did the same in the playoffs last year. The Ravens O line and offense as a whole is certainly not what it was and has some, some, some obvious weaknesses that people are exposing. Now I was just shocked at this line because I think Tennessee could win the game. I'm not saying they will, but if you're going to give me, you know, a, a decent amount of points too, I think they keep it close, real close. I'm with you here. And look, this isn't a data-driven response to this game at all. Very anecdotal, but I'm watching the Ravens and we had talked about how they have not clicked yet this year and have expected them to. 
and they still haven't, even though they've played pretty well. And obviously they're a six and three team, so it's not bad. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, under expectations in some ways. And last week watching them play the Patriots and just body language, like Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson after plays kind of not really yelling at each other angrily, but like just not on the same page. And I'm thinking there, there's something disjointed about what's going on with that Ravens offense. And I don't see it getting fixed against Tennessee this week. No, I mean, I really think this offseason they need to address the offensive line. They'll get Stanley back, of course. But, you know, my mock, I had them taking the best guard in the draft. And I was shocked this past offseason. I said this a million times, especially on the Steelers show. I can't believe that they didn't get a veteran route runner. You know, I mean, a move the chains. I always talk about Mason and Bolden and guys like that that they always had for Flacco. They always had a fast guy and they had a move the chains guy. Well, they don't have the move the chains guy that could beat man coverage. Des Bryant. Des Bryant's coming. That's why they're reaching, right? Yeah. right trying to manufacture one. <laughs> so, quick, uh, we're running out of time here. We got to move on. But just about this game one more time in the Ravens. So if you were listing the top five most important players on that roster last year for the Ravens, where would Yonda and Stanley rank? Both in the top five. Right, like second and third after Lamar? Second and third on offense. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, that's, like, yeah. that's tough to overcome for that team, I think, right now. Right. I mean, I think they can live with any back. You can find receivers that run fast, you know. I mean, Marlon Humphrey would be high on my list, too, because they play so much man coverage and, you know, they're based on their corners. But, yeah, they lost Lamar's two best friends is the way, I'm th- the way I'd say it. And pick a running back. Come on. Pick one. Make it be Dobbins. <laughs> yeah, I'm not picking Dobbins on my fantasy team, but right. he's so much better than the other two. Yeah. It makes me – I'm losing my mind about this one. Like, does he not understand anything? But he's so much better at football than the other two running backs. All right, let's move on to the Patriots at the Texans. The four and five Pats are favored by two on the road at the two and seven Texans. A lot of familiarity here, though. Romeo is a big time Belichick guy. He may know some tendencies. He does. Neither one of these teams really have the horses, though. Like, I would imagine it's just Najee Harris like crazy and a lot of Rex Burkhead and try to play slow and. I guess I'll take the Patriots, but I'm afraid that I'm overreacting to that rain weather game because I thought they were a pretty darn bad team before watching them against Baltimore. I had the exact same thoughts. I'm going to go the Patriots, maybe overrating them because of what we saw last week, but also they're playing the Texans, who I just can't bet on anyway. So if it was a different no. team, maybe I'd go the other way, but uh, I'm taking the Patriots here. I guess. And I think that, that would be my last in the, in the six-pack to pick. Last one, I, my last choice. My last, last choice. Traffic. This would be any. probably my last choice. This is the Chargers hosting the Jets, and for a two and seventeen, for a two and seven team to be favored by nine and a half is really tough. Uh, but that's what's going on right now. The uh, the zero and nine Jets visiting Los Angeles. Nine and a half. What do you think? I'll take the Jets, and it it, it doesn't sound very logical because they're terrible. But they played the Patriots tough. They're coming off a bye. They're proud. Flacco played okay. But more, it's just, I think the Chargers play, I I say the same thing all the time about them. They play close games. They lose close games. I don't think they should be favored by, you know, nine and a half against anybody. Can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it with the way, I'm trying to figure out how the Chargers are going to lose this game too. They 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 may be up 25 at the half and they'll run (laughs) the ball the whole time in the second half and let them creep back into it and win by eight. 
All right, that's it. That is all of Sunday's games. We have covered every single one here on Peacock and Williamson. As we do Fridays on Monday, we will review everything we saw Sunday and uh, talk a little bit more about Monday Night Football Rams at Buccaneers, which should be a good one. Stay tuned daily right here, Peacock and Williamson.